1: Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org events.
2: I'm Trisha Bobita, and from WBEZ in Chicago, this is Nerdette. Coming up, we'll talk with Jen Richards and Precious Davis about the history of transgender women in the fight for LGBT equality.
3: Whether it was Marsha silver or anyone who threw the first bottle or brick, the fact is, is that we were part of that community all together, and we were resisting together.
4: We'll also look back at how an opera singer's high notes shook millions of Americans into thinking about civil
2: rights.
1: To sing for the governor and then to be segregated into your hotel room because there was no place for you to eat is just weird.
2: Then, why Eleanor Roosevelt should be your favorite
5: First lady ever.
4: But what about Abby Bartlett?
5: A bit desperate, Jed. Shutting down the government just to
6: get me back here? Apparently it worked. You're Staying through the holidays?
5: Depends on how long it takes your damn government to get back up and running.
6: Well, favorite real first
2: lady ever.
4: That's all right here on Nerdette. I want to break free.
6: I want... Feminist. The person who believes in the social, political, and economic equality of the sexes.
5: You wake up, it, up, it, round, round in it, it.
4: Coming up, how a lady singing My Country Tis of Thee on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial 75 years ago shaped the civil rights
2: movement in the 20th century. But first, we want to travel back even farther to hear an influential speech.
4: One of the first and most powerful articulations in American history of the need to see the movements for gender and racial equality as one fight is a speech by Sojourner Truth.
2: Sojourner was born into slavery in 1797, and she delivered this speech in 1851 at a women's convention in Akron, Ohio.
4: The iconic actress Cecily Tyson performed it in honor of Sojourner Truth on C-SPAN in 2009 with Hillary Clinton and John Boehner sitting behind her on stage.
2: Poet Alice Walker and actress Carrie Washington, star of the ABC show Scandal, have both performed it, too. Artist Nkeji delivered her version at a TEDx
4: conference, and Maya Angelou, known for her own words on equality, also once recited the speech.
6: That man over there says that women need to be helped into carriages and lifted over ditches and given the best place wherever. Nobody helps me in the carriages, nor over the muddy patches, or gives me any best place. And ain't I a woman? Look at me.
5: Look at me. Look at my arms. (laughs) Unplowed and planted and gathered into barns,
0: and no man could hear me. And ain't I a woman? I could work as much and eat as much as a man when I could get it and bear the lash as well. And ain't I a woman? I have borne 13 children and seen most all sold off to slavery. And when, and when I, I cried, cried out with a mother's, mother's grief, grief and none but she. Jesus could hear me. Ain't I A woman? They talk about this thing in the head. What's that they call it? Intellect. That's it, honey. What's intellect got to do with women's rights or Negroes rights? If my cup won't hold but a pint and yours holds a quarter, wouldn't you be mean not to let me have my little half-measure full?
7: This man in the black. Yes, 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 you 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 yes, he says (laughs) women's can't have as much rights
8: as men's because Christ wasn't a woman. Well,
5: where did your Christ come from? Where
8: did your Christ come from? From God and a woman. Man had nothing to do with him. If the first woman God ever made was strong enough to turn the world upside down all alone, <laughs> these women together ought to be able to turn it back and get it right side up again.
7: <laughs> and now they's asking to do it, you men better learn. That's all I have to say. Much obliged for you listening to me.
4: Those were the voices of Maya Angelou, Cecily Tyson, Nkechi, Alice Walker, and Carrie Washington, reciting Sojourner Truth's 1851 speech.
2: Still to come, we scrounged up some incredible archival sound from two great lady nerds of American history.
4: You're listening to Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson here with Tricia Bobita. We are Nerdette, and we are here to tell you the stories of great lady nerds of American history.
2: That question, ain't I a woman, is central to another modern-day civil rights movement. One of the most vocal trans women of
4: our time, the Orange is the New Black actress, Laverne Cox, articulated the struggle recently in front of an audience at Marymount College.
6: It is my belief that one of the biggest obstacles facing the transgender community are points of view which disavow our identities, points of view which suggest that no matter what we do, we are always and only the gender that we were assigned at birth. Points of view which suggest that no matter what I do, I'll never be a woman. Yet, ain't I a woman. Sojourner Truth spoke those words at the Ohio Women's Convention within the context of a women's liberation struggle which suggested that she wasn't really a woman because she was black. She spoke those words within the context of a culture which suggested she wasn't even really human because she was black. I stand here tonight in the tradition of Sojourner Truth claiming my womanhood within a context which would often deny it. We asked
2: two other trans activists to help us get to know some of the fierce women who led the fight for queer rights in America.
9: For me, it's not just about activism. It's about living life with bravery.
2: This is Precious Davis. She's a Chicago-based performer and trans activist. At LGBT Haven, the Center on Halstead, she's the youth outreach coordinator.
9: I love to honor women of history who were resilient and who overcome obstacles. And Washington P. Johnson, of course, is one of them, you know, who is known in history as the first woman to throw the brick, which ignited this huge riot.
2: It's not entirely clear who threw the first brick, or bottle, at the Stonewall riots in 1969. But witnesses say Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera were there. The two trans women were central to the New York scene.
9: It was truly the heart that was speaking of Marsha to bring people together and to share harmony and to build... Community. She was worshipped and adorned. The queen of the
7: island oh. and the saints of oh, yes. Oh,
2: yes. The fuse was lit for the gay rights movement at Stonewall, but soon the crowds who had cheered when Marsha P. or Sylvia performed in drag shows shunned them from political stages. Here's Sylvia trying to speak at the 1973 Christopher Street Liberation Day rally in New York.
7: The women have tried to fight for their sex changes or to become women of the women's liberation. And they write STAR, not the women's group. They do not write women. They do not write men. They write STAR because we're trying to do something for them.
2: I wanted to bring Jen Richards, a trans activist in Chicago, into this conversation too. Here's her take on how the trans movement evolved in the
3: years after Stonewall. With the exclusion of us from the wider gay rights movement, it's with that exclusion that Marsha and Sylvia form star, the Street right, Trans right. Action Revolutionaries, and you get Angela Douglas out in LA with the transgender activist organizations. Come and see the people at Star House on 12th Street, on 640, East 12th Street, between B
7: and C people that are trying to do something for all of us and not men and women that belong to a white middle class, white club. And that's
6: what you all belong to. Revolution now!
2: Star was the only organization of its kind in New York. It's taken diligence to make sure that the surrogate mothers of these street kids, Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, aren't forgotten.
3: Precious is absolutely right to mention Sylvia Rivera and Marsha Johnson and the kind of prototype for the trans woman as a resistor, whether it's gay assimilation or just to the kind of erasure of street youth and queer street culture. And I give a lot of credit to Sylvia Rivera Law Project in New York City, which has done a really great job of resuscitating Sylvia's reputation and her place in history and placing her in the context of the gay liberation movement.
2: Jen says while Stonewall may have been the tipping point, it wasn't the beginning
3: of the movement for queer equality at least as early as 1959 at Cooper's Donuts in LA, but also at Dewey's in Philadelphia in 1965 and what happens in all these cases is that you've got urban areas which are lower income, and in those areas you have a gathering of street culture and you have gay men and you know what at the time would have been called street queens and transvestites, you know lesbians, hustlers would gather at these all-night diners and whatnot, and then the police wanting to crack down on it.
2: The easiest excuse cops had were laws against cross-dressing. Since the 1850s, many places in America had laws on the books prohibiting people from dressing opposite the norms of the gender they were assigned at birth.
3: Some of those people might have identified as gay men or transvestites, but a lot of them would be what we'd call trans women today. It was because these women, these street queens, were part of the larger culture there that when they were being arrested, it was the community around them that was also resisting and fighting back, and the queens themselves who were fighting back. So you've got this happening for a good decade leading up to Stonewall, whether it was Marsha, Sylvia, or anyone who threw the first bottle or brick. The fact is is that we were part of that community all together and we were resisting together.
9: I'm a performer. I'm an actress. I'm taking up space. And like my, my community, I'm creating change. And so it's really people like that who really inspire me. Figures like Candy Darling. I call
5: myself Candy Warhol now. <laughs>
9: this beautiful figure and muse from Andy Warhol and what she did for shaping performance and really taking up that space for trans people in art and making her transition from male to female as art. And the vulnerability that she really shared and captured working with Andy is really inspiring to me as a performance artist. She really used her transness as a way to share herself with the world
6: women don't go out of their way because they are women i went out my way because i wasn't i felt that i wanted to be the best i can be
9: octavia st laurent this beautiful black woman captured in Paris is burning we see this young trans woman living in new york city with a dream who wants to be a model, and she has all of this beauty, and all of these brains.
6: I think if I could just be on TV or film or anything, I'd do that instead of the money. I want to be somebody. I mean, I am somebody. I just want to be a rich somebody.
9: <laughs> there was no fruition, truly, of her dream. I often say that Carmen Carrera is living the modern dream of Octavia Saint Laurent and focusing on trans women that inspire me. It's sort of encapsulation of the American dream, right, and living this dream. And these women really, truly were fighting to live their dream on a larger scale and actually to be living their lives happy and really to make their place known in history.
2: In many ways, the LGBT community is more united now than it was in the 1970s. But the marginalization of trans people, even within the queer community, is still an issue. It's a big part of why Jen Richards started the Trans 100. Jen, can you tell us a little bit about the Trans 100 list and how it might play a role in deciding who's in the history books going forward? It's sort of a present day... History book, I guess.
3: Yeah, I suppose. You know, I hadn't thought of it that way, how it might shape the kind of archive of the trans movement. But I suppose it has that potential, that capacity. That's kind of exciting and kind of scary. That's a lot
2: (laughs) of responsibility. An annual list and celebratory event dedicated to highlighting trans people making a difference in America. Vocal, visible trans people from all walks of life help the fight for equality. And it doesn't hurt to have a few women like Laverne Cox, star of Orange is the New Black, or Janet Mock, a prominent trans writer, popping up on people's TV screens.
3: The kind of median point of the media, their depiction of trans people, is certainly improving. We still have a long, long way to go. You know, I can't watch live television for more than a couple hours without seeing a kind of throwaway joke. You know the joke, where a trans woman shows up on a TV show
2: as a punchline instead of a person.
3: Jen knows the storyline too well. I met a man, and we hit it off, and we had a date all set, and then right before the date, he Googled me, and turns out he hadn't known I was trans and then, you know, canceled the date kind of in horror. And it was the first time that I realized, like, oh, my God, I'm that girl. Like, I'm that joke that you see in sitcoms and movies, that throwaway punchline and the subplot where a guy gets tricked. How can we never hear her story? (laughs) So it's definitely getting better. We have a long way to go.
2: You're listening to Nerdette.
4: I'm Tricia Bobita, here with Greta Johnson. There may be no greater example of grace under pressure
2: than Marian Anderson. Marian Anderson was a famous African-American contralto whose voice rang out from the steps of the Lincoln Memorial 75 years ago. Nerdette contributor
4: Lauren Chulgin recently spoke with Gino Francesconi, who runs the archives at Carnegie Hall in New York City.
1: She was really one of the first civil rights leaders in her own dignified way in some parts of the United States, she couldn't eat in the restaurants. Just the strangeness of that to maybe sing for the governor of a particular state and then to be segregated into your hotel room because there was no place for you to eat is just weird. And then Sol Hirok, her manager, is trying to get her into Constitution Hall in Washington and discovers that every date he wants is taken and then discovers that the dates were actually free, but it's because of her color. They're not allowed there. And Constitution Hall was owned by the Daughters of the American Revolution. Eleanor Roosevelt was a member, and they put her in front of the Lincoln Memorial Easter Sunday morning. It was broadcast to millions of people across the United States. She was terrified and yet felt, this is something I've got to do, not only for me, but for my people. It was an electrifying moment.
7: Genius draws no color line. And so it is fitting that Marian Anderson should raise her voice in tribute to the noble Lincoln whom mankind will ever honor.
2: Was Marian Anderson performing on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial on Easter Sunday in 1939? One of the millions listening on the radio to that live performance? Ten-year-old Martin Luther King Jr. As Francesconi
4: mentioned, the Daughters of the American Revolution said that Marian Anderson couldn't perform at Constitution Hall because she was black.
2: In righteous indignation, First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt resigned from the Daughters of the American Revolution. Then she helped arrange the Anderson performance on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial
4: instead. We have some words of wisdom from our favorite First Lady. Eleanor Roosevelt had this advice for all of us on the Frank Sinatra show in 1959.
7: Now then, if you had one minute to leave one word with, say, 25 million people, what would that word be? That one word would be hope. Just hope? Yes, It's the most neglected word in our language. Well, in this country, at least. Yes, I find that the more needy people are, the more they live on hope. Mm -hmm. Yet, without hope, there can be no solution to any of mankind's troubles. I think you put it so nicely in that song. You mean high hopes? Why, that's a song for children. Well. Maybe we grown-ups would do well sometimes to think as simply and directly as children. Hmm. You know, I read a great deal to children and love it. Let's see, how do those words go? Well, it begins by saying, the next time you're found... Oh, next time you're found with your chin on the ground, there's a lot to be learned. So look around. There was a silly old aunt Thought he'd move a rubber tree plant Anyone knows an aunt can't move a rubber tree plant But he had high hopes High apple pie in the sky hopes So any time you're getting low Instead of letting go Just remember that aunt Oops, there goes another rubber tree plant. So keep your high hopes, those high apple pie in the sky hopes. A problem's just a toy balloon. They'll be bursting soon. They're just bound to go pop. Whoops! there goes another problem. Kerplop. Another
2: problem. Your homework this week is to subscribe to our new email newsletter.
4: It's called Around the World Wide Web in 72 Hours. This way, Trisha can send you links about important outer space news. Greta can
2: tell you about the books she's reading and excited about.
4: We'll have music playlists from Lauren Shulgin and recipes from Umami Mommy Megan Murphy Gill and clever cocktails from Rebecca Polson.
2: You're also welcome to suggest links to videos or articles of things that you're nerding out about from all over the web by emailing us at nerdatpodcast.com. It takes just a second
4: to sign up. You can find a link on our website. You can be guaranteed we will call you a nerd a lot and offer
2: awkward hugs. Digital awkward hugs. The most awkward of awkward hugs. That's (laughs) at nerdappodcast.com. Just look on the left of the homepage. Now it's time to hear from you. It's time for nerd confessions. This one is of a mom who just wanted to protect the right of her children to enjoy (laughs) Lord of the Rings as it was meant to be seen.
5: So here's my nerd confession I went to see the final Lord of the Rings movie, having been a huge Lord of the Rings nerd in the 70s all by myself because no one else liked them, did everything from name my houseplants, Aragorn and Frodo, went to the movies with my teenage children. During the Battle of the Pelennor Fields, the sound went from stereo to mono. I lasted about 15 seconds before I got up, went out, found the manager, explained the importance of this scene and how it was simply not acceptable that this movie be uh, ruined by their sound system. Went back in, they got the sound corrected. When we left, the manager found me, gave us four tickets to come back and see the movie with it being appropriate. Now you have to realize I'm there with my teenage children and my husband who are all looking at me like, seriously, (laughs) you went and complained to the manager because the sound was off for a minute. But it was unacceptable for that to happen. So that's what I did. Thanks, bye.
2: (laughs) Way to stand up for what you believe in, nerdy mom. You go, nerdy mom.
4: Call us at 312-600-5638 to tell us about when you were at your nerdiest. Everything from epic fails to humble brags are welcome.
2: Call us at 312-600-5638. And you can also suggest a great lady nerd of history for us to profile. Or just say hi. We love voicemails. Before we go, we've heard that some of you miss hearing from Maria, our favorite Game of Thrones-watching stepmother. And remember, it's not Greta's stepmom or my stepmom. She's Megan Murphy Gill's stepmom, but we've sort of adopted her because she loves Game of Thrones more than anyone we know.
4: Trisha, this is kind of the worst, but I'm not caught up on Game of Thrones because I've been saving them for my trip to Alaska, which will take me approximately 72 days.
2: It's okay. It's not too spoilery. But we asked Megan to call Maria and see how she's feeling now that the fourth season of Game of Thrones is over.
0: So, Maria, season four of Game of Thrones just wrapped up. What was your general impression of the whole season? This
8: season is I never have seen Games of Thrones.
0: Maria says she thought the
4: story moved a little too slowly for her liking. Maybe that's why I actually haven't finished the series yet.
8: I don't think they had anything very excited about it.
0: So, do you think that season four has a strong connection to the first season?
8: Yeah, I believe so, because a lot of the stuff, like with the new god, the old god, the people beyond the wall and all that, there was a lot of indication on that season one, but it wasn't quite explained. By watching season four, now you understand more season one.
1: Of all the women
0: in Westeros, which woman do you think is kind of in the best position?
8: I think um, Cersei, the queen. So far, the queen has all the cards. She knows the scene. She knows how to manipulate the people and everything.
0: scale of one to ten... How much do you still like Game of Thrones?
8: Oh, I love Games of Thrones. I'm stick on the team. It was a very great season, but I like Games of Thrones. It's not like I will not watch a game season five. I'll watch season five. I wait until March again on that Sunday to see all of it and wait for the episode to start.
2: Thanks to Megan Murphy-Gill and her stepmom, Maria. If you think Nerdette is a 10, or, you know, we'll take an 8. Actually, iTunes is on a 5-star system. Right, so just 5. You just have to feel 5 stars worth of warm and fuzzy about Nerdette to give us a review on iTunes that will make us very happy. Like the
4: awesome Travel Travelor did on iTunes. Grown-up girl power indeed,
2: Travelor. You're always invited to the tree fort.
4: Thanks to Jen Richards and Precious Davis and Gino Francesconi for talking with us.
2: Thank you for listening on iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud.
4: You can find us at WBEZ.org slash podcasts or talk with us on Twitter at Nerd at Podcast. Like us on Facebook.
2: And don't forget, subscribe to our new email newsletter. Never miss a minute of the nerdy goodness we're going to be cranking out for you at least twice a week. That's on nerdatpodcast.com on the left side of the homepage or go to tinyletter.com slash The show is produced by us, Trisha Bobita and Greta Johnson. Joe Dassault sits in the Iron Throne of the WBEZ podcast family. Oh, it's the Iron Throne.
8: Yes, it is. I had a guy at the model store make a replica. He's a bigger Game of Thrones fan than you are.
4: Additional production assistance comes from Lauren Shulgin, Megan Murphy Gill, Iris Lynn, and Patrick Burns.
2: Chicago Public Media creates award winning content about the issues that affect nerds like you. More information is available at chicagopublicmedia.org. Our theme music is New Old Toys by Poddington Bear. Do your homework. Do your homework.
0: Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast